and welcome to View from the Sideline podcast. Uh, this is episode eight. I'm Chris and Rich is here as well. Hi Chris, how you doing? I'm alright yourself? Yeah, good, thanks mate, good. Yeah, good. Uh, and Rich is just going to quickly discuss what's going on this week. Yeah, so coming up in this week's episode, so episode number eight, uh, weekly teaser is back again. Still no correct answers. Um, I've reliably been informed that I should get this week. Uh, you might get it, or you can well, take a very good guess. Uh, I'm feeling the pressure, but li- there is no pressure really because neither of us have got any right. No. Uh, so yeah, so this this week Chris has got the teaser. Then we go into the weekend review covering the Premier League, and uh, we're sticking with the lower leagues as we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Uh, part two, we'll see this week's special topic, which is about the special one, Jose Mourinho. So uh, Chris and I will be uh, discussing Jose this week. Uh, then we'll touch lightly on last week's predictions uh, and then we'll finish off as normal, letting you know what's coming up next week. Okay, so, so teaser away, Chris. Teaser yeah, away. Yeah, teaser away. So... As we all know, this week we uh, one of one of our finest ever English defenders retired from football. None other than John Terry. Or player. You know, Chris, I, I did think absolute that whether player. we'd get through the podcast without mentioning John Terry. Oh, we're literally two <laughs> two minutes in. <laughs> I mentioned him already. <laughs> so, I thought he'd pop up somewhere. This this week's teaser is is. Is dedicated to him, basically. Um, so we all know that he was—he's probably classed as one of the one of the best English defenders I think this country's had. But Rich, the teaser this week is: How many England goals did he score in his career? This is going to be a guess, but so, yeah. So this is what I said when, if you didn't know it, you could probably do a good guess. Um, but yeah, I don't think how it's many? Going to be that many? How many did he score for England? Um, okay. So yeah. So uh, well, that's the teaser. We'll come back to that a bit later on, um, and maybe Rich gets it right this week. Maybe. But, uh, we will <laughs> we'll go straight into the weekend review for the Premier League games, uh, and, and we will start with um, the uh, I think it was Friday night kickoff, wasn't it, the Brighton West Ham game? Yeah, Friday um, night that one. So we'll, we'll start we'll start there. Um, I just just want to say I didn't realise this, but this is actually Brighton's first clean sheet of the season, uh, which I thought was quite strange considering they haven't been playing that badly. Uh, Glenn Murray getting getting the only goal of the game, um, but I think probably the talking points is that West Ham losing the game after having so many chances and obviously coming the back off a win last weekend with against Man United and, and a good draw against Chelsea. You know, for them, I think they'll probably see that as as a, as a quite a big defeat for them. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, well, I find I find West Ham quite frustrating. Um, I know the last couple of weeks against Chelsea and then against United, we've been singing their praises, but I, I think it, it sort of sums them up, really. They'll they'll have a couple of really good performances. And then I'm not saying they played badly. No, no they actually um, played quite well. Brighton, it was the Brighton defended very well. 
Yes, I think I think the thing for them would be, and for West Ham fans, is the goal came from a mistake. So West Ham lost the ball in midfield. Uh, I think Brighton put three or four passes together. The cross comes in, and then Murray sort of. He was. It's a good finish, but you'd expect him to score it. He was unmarked as well, I think, which is yeah. Yeah, but I think that, I'm not sure whether that's because they lost the ball. They were probably all a bit out of position because, like I say, when they lost the ball, they they did break quite quickly. But I, West Ham didn't really offer much in the first half. I didn't think they were a lot better in the second half. I thought I thought they would have got one back to be honest, but Brighton defended well, and uh, I think that, I think they probably just deserve to win that one. They'll be happy that they won that as well, Brighton. I think because I think I think I think they said in the interview after the game that they've got more points this season at this stage than they did last season. So I think that would be quite promising for the fans. To, yeah, but I I honestly I don't I don't think they'll be near relegation. Uh, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be. In the middle somewhere. No, yeah, absolutely. I think I think they're a difficult team at home. They play well at home, so, yeah. so teams will go there. And uh, I think Brighton will pick up enough points points to stay up. But yeah, fr- frustrating from West Ham, especially especially after their second half performance. They had a lot of possession, a lot of chances, but they just couldn't seem to put it away. Yeah. So the uh, Burnley Huddersfield game next. Uh, Bit of a strange one, this one. Obviously, Huddersfield picking up a point. Uh, obviously, good, a good draw for them. But um, one thing I didn't realise is they've only won one game in their last 17 and have only scored seven goals. And I didn't actually know that. And obviously, I picked them to go down at the start of the season. Um, so, obviously, with that in mind, they uh, it was actually a good point for them, I thought. Um, the... There was a, f- a few talking points I know in this one. The header by Vokes was a, was good for Burnley, but I just wanted to get your opinion on the dive from Del Potra and then the the kind of late reaction I think by Tarowski, um, where it looked like he he kind of like stamped on him after he dived. And I don't know if you've seen that, but well, f- firstly the dive was terrible, terrible dive, <laughs> uh, absolutely terrible, and. I thought Sean Dyche's comments after the game were quite were quite apt, really. Just um, yeah, yeah. Where where he was talking about, he seems to be the only one that that sort of seems to care about about the dive. But um, I believe because he got booked for it, they no one can they can't take any retrospective action right. against him, which which just seems crazy, really. When Definitely. when it's, it, it's blatant cheating, and it's just it. It's so disappointing to see it. It was bad. It, it wasn't. He wasn't even really near his foot when he went down. It was. No, it wasn't. It, it was one of the. Um, it was certainly one of the worst dives that I've seen. That's for sure. But it what was, about it was the, terrible? So but the reaction was, after. Yeah, I don't know. It's he, he's obviously annoyed because of what's happened. Yeah, he's obviously frustrated that the that the guys dived and he he's. He's sort of blatantly cheating, but I don't know. Did he did he get booked for that? He didn't. No, he didn't. I, the referee didn't say it. I think if the referee would have seen it, he he might. Have well, been is that off. Do you think they'll go back at? Do you think they'll go back and have a look at that? They might do. I think they might do, but we'll have to have it. we'll have to wait and see. But good point for it's Huddersfield a shame, there. Yeah. It's yeah. A shame, really. It was a good point for Huddersfield, but that's that's their first goal from open play this season. 
crazy, isn't it? I, so, I, they are struggling, I think. So the, the the three previous goals that they've got, so they've all come from corners, but but both good headers, two really good goals, two yeah, good headed goals. So uh, Palace Wolves next, Rich. Uh, what did you think of this one? I like Wolves. I really like Wolves. They're, they're slowly becoming my my second team. I I just I like watching them play. Um, there was a stat before the game where uh, Palace have not scored a goal at home so far this season in the three or four games they've played. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I know Zaha was playing. He looked dangerous in the first half. I thought the first half was pretty even. I thought they both yeah, had yeah. they both had chances. I wouldn't say they were sort of clean cut chances, but but both teams did have chances. They just couldn't take them. But it's it's the same every week for Wolves with me. They always look like they've got a goal in them. So while they're still in the game, where like a draw or maybe one nil, a goal behind or something, they always look like they've got a goal in them. So I thought it was a good win for them, really. I think they're doing well this season. The table doesn't lie. They deserve to be where they are. And I like Doherty, the fullback who got the goal. He looks a really good player. Well, they were saying that he's he's one of their longest-serving players, isn't he? Yeah. He was there when they got relegated, and he's been there for, for ages, apparently. Yeah, but... and I think, if, I, if I'm right in saying, he's, he's just started playing for Ireland now as well. So. yeah. He's playing international games, but that's four wins and a draw now for Wolves in their last five. So they're on a really good run of four they, picking they are, points. And... They've uh, they have they have had the best start to a promoted side into the Premier League of anyone. So yeah, it doesn't surprise must be doing me. Something they're right. a good side. Yeah, they they are enjoyable to watch, aren't they? Especially when they're, yeah. they're passing around. <laughs> From a Palace point of view, I I think it's the same thing all the time with them. I think they need a striker. Yeah, I've said I said that week in week out. I'll keep saying it. They need in January. They need to buy a striker. Yeah, absolutely. Without shadow of doubt. Benteke doesn't. Sometimes you don't even realise he's playing. He doesn't really offer them anything. And you to can be Zaha and Townsend out wide. To be fair, they're the only two that you hear when they're going forward. If you're if you say you're listening to on the radio, all you hear when Palace go forward is either Zaha or Townsend. You didn't really ever hear Benteke's name. So no, but but Zaha reminds me a bit of Gareth Bale when he was at Spurs. Um, like his peak just before he went to Madrid. Yeah. And it was almost give Bale the ball and he'll make something happen. Whether he beats a few players and then and then hits hits one in from twenty yards or he's he's gonna put a killer cross in for someone to just knock it in. That that seems to me how Palace are playing at the moment. The 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 latter stages of that game because they were one nil down, they were sort of chasing the equaliser. Everything was going through Zaha. But it, on on this occasion he couldn't do it. But it, it it does remind me a bit of Bale when he was at Spurs yeah. towards the end. Okay, so the Leicester Everton game, it was um, watching it. It was one of those games where probably either team actually could have could have got something out of this game. I know obviously Leicester sending off and everything, but uh, what a goal from Sigerson <laughs> near the end. 
Yeah, that was a the, t- the, t- the that, turn that and just, then the shot. That deserved to win any game. Yeah, that was um, yeah, but that was definitely some special. He, Sigurdsson for me, he is. I know they've got Richarlison now, but Sigurdsson, he, he is probably Everton's best player. He he provides the pretty much every every goal this score goes through somehow through him. Um, he's a bit. He's in a bit of form. So I think that's four in four games for him now. So, so he is knocking them in a bit, but I think that, that that on paper, I think it was quite, quite an even game. It was, yeah. I think the early goal for Everton. I, I'm not sure what you think about it, but I'm putting that down to a to a goalkeeping error from Smichael. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why, why he was where he was, and then when he sort of went to try and punch the ball or, or whatever he tried to do, he he almost sort of it brushed his fingertips and then it was just, it was a simple finish and they're one nil down. Then they're chasing the game. But they did. I thought, I thought after they'd gone one nil down, I thought Leicester actually played quite well, but they did. It was so dangerous. Every, yeah. When he goes he, forward, he's, he's got, got the pace. He, yeah. He plays on the shoulder, doesn't he? And yeah. If they, if they put something over the he top. Likes the, he like, likes those over the top balls, doesn't he? You can yeah, see every yeah. time they've got it in, mid, in defence midfield, you can see him. He's always looking to make the run in behind. Yeah. I, and I think he had the beating of the Everton defence. I just think he didn't take, he didn't take the chances. Take the chance, well, as well as he normally did, but what what a equaliser as well! That was a great finish. The way he, the that Pereira so he played a, a kind Good of a one-two, didn't he? he? Played a one-two like around the, the halfway line, and then yeah, in it's one of those. If he misses the striker in the middle, he's going to be going mental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it was it was a great finish. It's just a shame. Uh, shame they lost, but Morgan getting sent off again. I think is that that's his second red second in three weeks, three, three weeks, or four yeah. weeks, and they've both been for two yellow cards. So do you, do you think he is still Premier League quality, or would you say that he's probably lost a yard or two, and he is I'm only in that team because they have got no one else, or they just you know they well, they feel that he's you still. Say, you say they haven't got anyone else, but. Almost the forgotten man that in the summer was linked to a lot of big teams. Johnny Evans is at Leicester. Yeah, and a lot. I think a lot of people forget that. I think Morgan has. I think he's lost some pace. I think that's only natural that he's going to. But part of me thinks he's still living off the season when they won the title. Yeah, he's but... the cap. He is the captain. Is he captain? Yeah, I think, I think, I think he's, he's captain. Captain, captain, yeah. yeah. But it was interesting. There was um, uh, some Leicester fans uh, on on a podcast uh, that I was listening to over the weekend. And uh, one of the fans was saying that he thinks that uh, the decision, like squad selection, like team selections being made above the manager's head. So not free and pure. Yeah, and that's why Morgan's still in it rather than Evans. But yeah, uh, they're, they're both yellows for me. The oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Charlison's done him a treat, and he's he knows if he doesn't do something, he's he's in on goal. Yeah, he's coming in from an angle, but and he he sort of pulls him back. So it's a definite yellow. But I just find it a bit odd that two sendings off quite quickly, but they're both for two yellows. 
you'd, you'd maybe think he would have learned from the first one, but maybe. I, I don't know. He, he's, he's an okay player. I'm not, I'm not convinced he's, he's at the level that Leicester need him to be, to be honest. Okay. Well, uh, we'll move on to uh, your team now, Rich, uh, the Tottenham Cardiff game. Yes. Uh, I'll let you, I'll let you lead this one. <laughs> well, so start off with a stat and I know I know I've mentioned this before but that that's 38 games now that Spurs are unbeaten against promoted sides but well done. we've got thanks we don't win a trophy for it we should do but we've got Wolves away in a couple of weeks so I think that records it may well go um yeah that's the game I'm not not looking forward to to be honest but Spurs didn't really play that well but they got the three points, which which is the main thing. I don't think, I don't think it was a great game for a neutral. Uh, but I'd say there were some positives. Um, I really like Danny Rose. Um, I think Spurs have got a bit of a different dimension when he plays. He's always getting forward. Uh, I know he won the penalty against Huddersfield last week, and then. Uh, he, one of his breaks early on led to the corner, which which Spurs scored from. Which was uh, poor um, defending, by think, the way, from yeah, Cardiff. Yeah, it was awful defending. Mm. Um, I, I think any sort of defence should always work on on winning the second ball. But Cardiff sort of their defenders just remained motionless, and Dyer had a pretty easy finish, to be honest. So, early goal, good to go at 1-0. But Cardiff had their chances. I thought Alderweireld played really well. He cleared one off he the cleared line. He cleared one off the line, uh, One thing I am noticing about Spurs at the moment is the way uh, Son and Mora are playing a lot a lot more advanced. Uh, obviously, both really quick. So, I think Spurs are trying to utilise their pace up front. And Harry Kane's almost playing a little bit deeper yeah almost like a proper number 10 that, rather yeah. than leading the line it, the role, re, roles seem to be slightly reversed but yeah I, I, I don't know it, it, three points is three points I'm not I'm not overly enamoured about the performance if you think of who Spurs were missing so I think like Dembele Eriksen Vertonghen Deli Alley they're missing some key players but I know what you want to talk about in this game, Chris. <laughs> so I've been waiting for this. Your, uh, your view on the uh, sending off, please. It's a sending off. Sending off. Uh, I would, uh, I would 100% agree with you on the sending off. <laughs> you would agree. <laughs> yeah. I was just winding yeah. you up earlier. Yeah, yeah, it was a sending off. Obviously, you don't know. Chris has been winding me up all day, saying that it was never a sending off. So I was, I was waiting for a heated debate. No, it was. I, it I, was... I tell you, I tell you why I think it's a sending off, because I think it's a professional foul. I don't think that a player needs to be clean through on goal to be fouled. No, it was an awful tackle. He, it, he, he, the, the, the two, the, the key things for me were one. He was absolutely not looking at the ball. No, not at all. Because and he was he had his eyes firmly on the player, and it's it's a flying shoulder. I, th- I think that would even be a, a well at least a yellow card in rugby. 
so I'm not. I know Neil Warnock sort of apparently. Well, apparently he made some comments to Harry Kane about sort of playing to get the man sent off. But for me, it was a definite red. Because Kane got burnt, didn't he? It's it's a definite red for me. It's a, it's yeah. a stupid challenge, and he never to, played to, like that for you, mate. He was always well, a good lad at you. Know. Well, the, so, the, the, um, I thought I thought Spurs might have gone on and got a couple more, but it's always dangerous at one nil. But three points is three points. Sometimes you got to win ugly. So the um, might be one of the more surprising results of the weekend. Uh, Watford, Bournemouth game, uh, an emphatic win for Bournemouth in the end. Um, some good counter-attacking from Bournemouth for the first goal. And actually, Watford were actually on top for for most of the first half until sending off. Not sure what you thought on that, but to me, well, you, you, you had to go, I think. I think yeah, I think... I, the second... Again, Similar to Morgan, I think I think they're both I think they're both yellow cards. What I can't understand is is the he he knows he's booked. First off, he's pulling the guy's shirt, which would probably have got him sent off anyway. And then for the player to go in the box and then Cavasale to just to trip him up, I just I just can't understand it. Anyway, after he was sent off, it, it was really all Bournemouth, and they really showed some. You know, some really nice, slick sort of like moves going forward after the sending off. I thought. And yeah, I agree. The, I really, so, really enjoy watching them play football as well at the moment. So I know Bournemouth were unchanged from last week, which is one thing I do like about about Bournemouth and about Eddie Howe. Where I think I, I think some teams almost rotate the squad depending on who they're playing and how they want to play which is which is all well and good but I think Bournemouth do give some consistency with their starting 11 and I think I'm not overly surprised Bournemouth won I was surprised by the scoreline because like you say Watford I thought Watford were pretty much in control um, until the sending off and like you say Bournemouth are good on the break I mean Cathcart missed a sitter at one nil for Watford, yeah. if that goes in, then it's a completely it's different, different, different game. game. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But the second yellow, I mean, King gets goal side of him, and it's almost as if he—it's similar to the Morgan one. He knows he's out of position. He knows he's been done, and it's almost as if he hasn't got a lot of other. Well, he obviously has got a choice, but he just pulls him back, and that—that that completely changed the game. You could tell the. The Bournemouth fan, all the Olays started coming out with the, with the passing and stuff, and it almost felt like a testimonial to me <laughs> towards the end, because it was yeah. so one-sided that the 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 score line was was four nil. It was already done. It's just like I think Watford were just waiting for the final whistle. But wow. interesting to, that that's Bournemouth sixth penalty sixth penalty in the last yeah, eight so games. Quite they like, get a lot of penalties, Bournemouth. <laughs> you know they're having Bournemouth are having a good season when their fans are chatting Ole every time they pass the ball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll move. Yeah, but a, a good win. Yeah, we'll move on to the main Newcastle game. Now, if, if there were, was any ever a game of a game of two halves, this this was definitely it. Um, I know we're going to probably we're going to obviously talk about Mourinho in a bit more in depth later, so I'll just quickly briefly go over this one. 
Newcastle actually dominated the first half, um, and obviously it was it wasn't great defending for both of Newcastle's um, goals from Man United. Then obviously Marino decided on making a change after about twenty minutes to take Bailey off and, and put Matter on. Didn't help at first, but then obviously in the second half, I'm not sure what he said to them at half time, but. They came out looking like a completely different team. And I think it was one of those where when they got the first goal back, the free kick from Mata, you could almost tell that the game was was about to change. And and they just kept going forward and forward and forward. And fortunately for Newcastle, um, it's another defeat. United United couldn't have got much worse in the second half, though. The, The thing I found interesting from the start of that game is two things really is that Newcastle I know we said last week when Newcastle lost to Leicester at home and we were talking about how you would expect Newcastle to come out be a bit more attacking um, when they're at home against a team that it, it you, you almost think that it's a good it's a good game for them to get a result from yeah that's how Newcastle started how how they've been playing this year going to Old Trafford and starting the way they did would be the last thing I would have thought did. United didn't help themselves, to be honest. I think Newcastle's second goal, when he when he gets the ball in the box with his back to goal, he should never be allowed to turn and get a shot away. It was almost not, like... not at this level, but that reminded me of the second goal against West Ham the week before where in the box, they were just backing off. They were backing off and backing off. Um, and Newcastle absolutely deserved to be 2-0 up. And the bit for me that, that the game changed on was the handball. I don't know how the ref missed that from the free kick. Yeah. Well, I think it was Ashley Young jumped up with his arm out. And, well, it, and it clearly, yeah. the ref even didn't even give a corner. He gave a goal kick for that. Shelby was not happy, was he? (laughs) You wouldn't be. If if they get that penalty and they convert it, they're 3-0 up. I think it's game over. Uh, So how he missed that, I don't know. But I'm kind of with you. I mean, whatever happened at half-time, they they couldn't have been as bad as they were in the first half. And Although I think Matter scored in around the 70th minute, you, you always thought, they were going to come back. It's just, no, it's just, like what, it's just what United do. But I, I think they, I think they underestimated Newcastle. To be honest, they I did. Think some of the teams. I know, like you say, we'll talk about Mourinho, uh, Mourinho later. But I think some of the, the the team selection that he made with Sanchez on the bench and Matter on the bench, I, I think he may have underestimated them a bit more. But when they came on, the the game was changed. It was a good game as well. But anyway, Fulham, Arsenal uh, next. Uh, Well, you would expect Arsenal to win it, but it was a really good win for them. Nice to see their strikers getting some goals as well. Um, That's because you said it, Chris. That's what it is. You know, know, ever since I mentioned that they don't score any goals, they've both combined probably scored about 10 goals. Yeah. Which is very annoying. Yeah. So hope, hopefully um, Tottenham get relegated. Uh, no, if you're listening. One. Yeah, good one. <laughs> um, 
Good one. It's, it's kind of watching Arsenal evolve, really. I thought that's that's the exactly way, what I was. The way say. that they were, the way that they were playing, they were, you know, stringing some really nice passes together, and, and I know, I know, you know, they were all not criticised for it in the past, but they they were always known as that team that kind of walked it into the net. But yeah, it, it, exactly. It that, felt that's, how like I, that. that's how I think. That's how I think they're playing at the moment. Yeah, and it that, just that's felt the, like that. So, we had a num- another number on from last week, so that's their sixth league win in a row now. I-, I thought they, I think they had something like five attempts on goal in the second half, and they scored four. That's, that, that's where some teams fall down because they don't take their chances. No. But it was just every that, time that they got forward, it just, it you could just tell that they were, you know, expressing themselves really well, and they, they knew that that they could get a goal. Um, yeah, from, I, I do think you know, for Fulham, I, mean, I, I, I picked I picked Fulham to go down, but I, I think they play pretty football and they they, they try to do it well, the right way by keeping the ball on the deck and passing it around. But I think they need to be a bit more boring. I think they need to be a bit more a bit more. I know what you mean. I, I I don't think that they have gelled the the you know the players that they've bought. It doesn't seem like they're always on the same page. Um, but I think they're, they're the only they're the only team in the Premier League that hasn't kept a clean sheet this season, Fulham. Yeah, and I think but you can see why. Problem. You can definitely see why. <laughs> yeah, but especially with Aubameyang, I mean, he 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 plays right on the shoulder of the last defender because he's, he's so quick. He's so quick, eh? He's, he's, he's so, so hard. So to dangerous. Change. You could you could almost. You could almost see it coming because Fulham aren't the best defensively, and Arsenal Arsenal look awesome going forward. I hate to say it, but you got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, definitely. A, a good win. Like I said, it just felt like I was watching Arsenal like ten, fifteen years ago. Really, I thought it was really good. Anyway, we'll move on uh, to the Saint Chelsea game. Um, yeah, a straightforward win for Chelsea, I would say. Um, although Southampton did I think create so- I, I, a few chances. I think, I think it was your socks. I think it was your bright <laughs> orange socks that just almost. It's a weird, a weird combination of, gr- of 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 like shirt and sock colour, isn't it? I, that's all I thought. I thought that as well. When I first saw it, when I first saw it, I thought it was one of those where it, those socks don't go with that kit. But because the socks they had clashed with Saints' socks, yeah, to just you know wear the thing like where you like sort of wear your away shirt. Yeah, yeah, they had to quickly go to Sportswell to get some. So uh, I just want to say, uh, talk about two players really that I was impressed with at the weekend. Chelsea, one was Ross. <laughs> he'd he'd still get in that team. <laughs> I tell you now, uh, Barkley. Uh, Ross Butler is probably the best I've seen him play for Chelsea. I know he hasn't had a lot of chances, but uh, I think maybe getting called up for England maybe uh, helped his performance a little bit. I thought um, it was actually a game where, because he is known for a stray pass or two, but pretty much all the passes that he made were pretty good. But obviously Hazard, I think... uh, what would we do without him, really? <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd go so far to say, on, on current form, I, I think he's probably the best player in the world at the moment. 
He he's literally on fire at the moment. Like he's top goal scorer in the league. He's he's assisting goals at the same time. It it just looks like it, he just makes stuff look so effortless sometimes. When when he's when he's got the ball and a defender's coming towards him, it, it it's like he already knows five seconds into the future where he's going to be. It is oh, he's an un, unbelievable player. But I see the uh, the Madrid rumours. Yeah, no, and we, we don't need to talk so. about that anymore. If he goes, he goes, he goes. He deserve. He he. To be fair, he deserves to play for the best team in the world, whoever that might be, come the end of the season. All I know is when he does go, he is going to leave a big, big hole in that team. Like almost Indeed. like when Gareth Bell left Tottenham. I think it'll be the same sort of impact. But right, and he'll be re- he'll be replaced by seven players, five of which are rubbish. That's what Spurs <laughs> I hope did. Not. I don't, but, yeah, no, but, I, I can't but, disagree with you. I, I thought I thought Hazard was played really well. I, Saints didn't help themselves yet again. Uh, the first goal, similar to uh, West Ham's, the Saints give it away, sort of in in midfield, couple of passes later, Hazard's one-on-one, and he, he's not going to miss that. Um, Barkley, I, I, I see what you're saying about him, but for, for me, the jury's still out. I think when, when he was at Everton, he was... He was a bit too inconsistent for me. I know he had a few injuries. He was, he was sort of billed as the the next the next Gaza, the next big hope for England. Maybe it's just game time that he needs, and he seems to be yeah, doing that. Yeah, he is getting so it now. From an, from an England point of view, I hope he carries on. But yeah, Saints. I, I don't want to keep going on about shots on target, but I, I think I think sometimes it's an interesting stat. So both teams had the finishes 3-0 I think that sort of says it all really uh, Danny Ings had a great chance at 0-0 if he puts that in then, then Chelsea Chelsea I mean that again they'll probably come back into the game but you're making them chase it a bit more if you go ahead uh, that goal was a, the, the one touch passing and the movement which all sort of circles around Hazard was, was a good goal yeah and then Morata um, scoring which is good and I, I do worry about Saints six, six goals in eight games so far this season I think it's only Cardiff Huddersfield and Palace that have got fewer and if you're sort of talking about your goals four column and you're, you're including yourself with Cardiff and with the greatest of respect Cardiff Huddersfield and Palace I think you're always going to struggle Definitely, but so I think I think Saints, yeah. I think this January window might be a. I'm not saying they need to go out and spend millions and millions, but I think they need to. I'm not sure on Mark Hughes. Just to put it out there, I'm not. I'm not sure what he gives you. I he, think he's still living off the fact he saved them from relegation last year. But uh-huh. wherever Hughes has gone, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced, convinced he's, he's progressed no. any of them, to be honest. He didn't really do anything at Stoke, really, did he? They just remain kind of... Yeah, but I saw, I saw something today. I saw something today and won. I had to double-check it. Leicester have scored... Leicester have won more games at St Mary's yeah, in the last that. however many months than Saints have. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I said, 
that just that's crazy. Yeah. I can't remember what the time period was, but for an away team to have won more games at your ground than you have, it's just. Oh, I don't know. They, they won't be putting that in the match program anywhere, I don't think. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, not. so the last game was probably billed as probably the, the game of the weekend. Unfortunately, it did not live up to expectations. It was a very, very dull game, I thought. And considering the talent that you had on that pitch, I think you would have expected a little bit more. Um, I don't think there's even really that much to talk about, to be honest with you, in this game. There's, apart from I the penalty miss, it's yeah, not... I don't, I don't think the ball's landed yet. I, I just... <laughs> I, I, and what, 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 what I could not believe is after the game, when they, I don't know if you heard this, but they interviewed Pep Guardiola, and they, he was they were talking about the penalty miss, and then the, the guy mentioned to him, he said, well, do you know he's missed four of his last seven? Guardiola said he didn't even know that that was the case. It just to me feels like you should know who your best penalty takers are. Well, yeah, I don't know. I I think for for a professional footballer's perspective, I know there was a bit of a bit of a discussion around who's going to take it between Mares and Jesus, but Jesus wanted it, didn't he? He wasn't very happy that you get it. You expect them to score. The funniest thing for me is they did a sky graphic. You know when Sky put the. the red and Tempies. yellow balls. Yeah. <laughs> they were all over the place. <laughs> there was sort of a big skyscraper on the left hand yeah, side. Yeah, the moon. The right at the top. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone would have picked that to be nil nil, to be honest. Uh, for no. me, I'm surprised Sane didn't start after how he's played the last couple of games. Yeah, he's been their best player the last couple of games, and then to see him not yeah, start, I think, you know. And I, th- I think. I think in hindsight, both teams would probably be happy with a point. I think Liverpool would be Definitely. happy with a point after the penalty miss. But I think before the game, City probably would have been happy with a point after how they got on against Liverpool last year. So yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. Both teams are still undefeated. I'm not sure they're going to be that that upset about it. Everything with Liverpool comes back to Salah with me. When he's not, Last, when he's not on two yeah. two big games, Chelsea and Man City, he's done pretty much nothing. And last season, he would have he would have run those games. He would have scored goals, wouldn't he? It's it's, yeah. it's an odd one to see a player like that have such a good season, and then all of a yeah. sudden he he looks like he is really short. I don't know whether it's because he just needs a rest. Maybe I don't know. Because obviously. I'm sure it'll come good, Cup, but I but... just I just find it a bit strange. Well, but... they were saying, just... I'm not sure if you've seen, but they were saying when he came off against Chelsea and he took his top off, he still had his, his shoulder was still in strapping, like that stuff that they use for the muscles and stuff. Oh, is so... this going back to Ramos? So we still, are we but, still yeah, this, off So that? this then led Liverpool fans to say that the reason he's not playing well this season is because he's still carrying an injury from the end of last season because obviously he was at the World Cup he he hasn't had time to rest so they'll be blaming Carrius next yeah just one thing from the post-match I, I, I did think it was definitely a penalty oh yeah we, we and penalty, I yeah. think fair play to Van Dyke for coming out afterwards and 
and, and saying as much and saying you, that it's something it's something he'll learn from and it won't but happen. Do you again. think he would have said that if they would if they would have scored? Do you think no, he would have said that? He probably would, yeah. but I think he didn't have to say anything. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. But... So, but I think I think it's quite refreshing that he's that he's been honest and they'll 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 both do what they'll both be there or thereabouts this season very so close i don't think i don't think it's the end of the world that it's a result i just think take the penalty miss out of the equation it's probably a better result for city yeah well well that was the uh premier league review uh we are now going to move on to the efl leagues and rich has got the championship and league one yeah, so starting off in the championship, so it's all change at the top of the table after the weekend's games. So Sheffield United are now top, which uh, may come as a bit of a surprise. So they got their fourth win in a row, which was a 1-0 win at home against Hull. Uh, so Sheffield United doing really well. West Brom are in second. They beat Reading 4-1 at home, despite going 1-0 down in the sixth minute. Uh and it was 1-0 at half-time, but West Brom put four away in the second half to uh, to move up to second. They're doing well, so, aren't they, West Brom? I mean, yeah, they are, yeah, they're yeah. good. They've got good strikers. I like uh, Gail and Rodriguez. I think uh, that's probably the best partnership in that league. So, yeah, Sheffield United and West Brom uh, are both now unbeaten in their last five matches, so that probably indicates why they're... By their first and second. Leeds have dropped to third after a one-all draw against seventh place Brentford. Uh Leeds still still there, still there near the top, although they're not playing great. Uh Middlesbrough dropped to fourth after a surprise 2-0 home uh, home defeat to Nottingham Forest, who are now up to fifth. So Forest doing well. I think I think that will turn a few heads. Uh, they're playing well at the moment. And Sheffield Wednesday make up the playoff uh, spot in sixth after a 2-1 win away at Bristol City on Sunday. Uh, Bristol City have now lost three of their last five uh, with no wins. But the, the interesting thing in, it's at the top of the championship is it's all sort of old Premier League teams. So Sheffield United, West Brom, Leeds, Forest. So, uh, yeah, it looks like there are... They're on a mission to get back into uh, into the Premier League. Uh, it's the usual suspects, specs, bottom grade, Preston, Ipswich and Hull. Uh, although Preston and Ipswich did both pick up wins at the weekend, and good wins they were. So Preston uh, won 4-0 against Wigan, and Ipswich got a 3-2 win away at Swansea, which I think is a really good result. Uh, for them, but they're still in the bottom three. Uh, and as we've already mentioned, Hull, who are bottom, lost 1-0 to Sheffield United. But I know I know we said this last week, but just to sort of emphasise how close it is, the sixth place to 18th place in the championship, there's only a five-point gap. Uh, and bottom to 18th is only six points. So it's really close, really close in the championship. Uh, On to League One. So Portsmouth remain three points clear at the top, despite losing 2-0 at home to Gillingham. Peterborough in second also lost, going down 4-0 at home to fourth place Barnsley. So the the top two is as you were, but they both lost. Uh, But their earlier form is keeping them up there. Third place Sunderland uh, won 2-1 away at Bradford. Both teams finishing that game with 10 men. But again, a good win for Sunderland. 
Walsall and Doncaster make up make up the playoff places in League One. Walsall getting a one nil win away at Bristol Rovers. Uh, Doncaster lost four nil though at home to Fleetwood, which uh, Fleetwood's Joey Barton, isn't it? Am I yeah. Right in saying that, yeah, mm-hmm. so a good, yeah. good win for Fleetwood. Uh, bottom four is Bristol Rovers, who, as we mentioned, uh, lost at the weekend. Bradford. Again, they lost to Sunderland. Plymouth are now off the bottom after a 1-0 win at home to Wimbledon, uh, which leaves Oxford uh, rock bottom and five points from safety already. Uh, and that was even though they got a point uh, in a 0-0 draw away at Southend. So that's League One. OK, so uh, moving on to League Two. Uh, Lincoln now move four points clear after their win against Crewe. Uh, Exeter in second, Newport in third. Both uh, drew. Exeter drew 2-2 with Yeovil. And Newport drew away to Forest Green. MK Dons uh, are up uh, after to fourth after an impressive 3-0 win against Cheltenham. And Stephen is up to fifth after they won 3-1 against Colchester. Although they left it late in that game, they scored two goals in the last six minutes. Uh, Forest Green and Tranmere make up the rest of the playoff places. Uh, Tranmere uh, probably in game of the day in uh, League Two. They won 4-3 away to Morecambe and scored an 89th minute winner. Uh, moving to the bottom half of the table, uh, Macclesfield remain bottom. They lost 1-0 to Notts County. Uh, still no win for Macclesfield. Notts County, uh, after a really poor start to the season, are actually second in the form table now. So they've really, really changed things around there. Uh, Cambridge second from bottom after a two nil, after their two nil defeat to Crawley, and Northampton moved closer to the bottom two as they drew with Swindon and Grimsby won against Port Vale. So that was the EFL roundup. Is it only is it only two teams from League Two that go down? Yeah, only only bottom yeah, two. two. So, but again, it is close at the bottom. I think it's like, it's like with uh, I think it was the Championship. You said there's like lit, six points literally between like the eleventh and bottom. So I, th- I think it was six of the bottom twelve won this weekend. So how did Jovil get on, Chris? They drew two all with Exeter, Rich. They did. It was second. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you had that in the predictions. That's a, that's a little bit better. Uh, after since they won six 0 against Newport, they've they've struggled a little bit. So yeah, we'll see how they get on. But they're one of those teams where you you never really know which year was going to turn up. So yeah, so that was a roundup of the EFL. Uh, so that is the end of part one. Welcome back to part two of today's episode of View from the Sideline podcast. It's now time for our special topic this week, and it's all about this man. We have top players, and um, I'm sorry, I'm a bit arrogant. We have a top manager. Porto to win the Champions League has to beat Partizan Belgrade, Real Madrid, Marseille, Olympique Lyon, Manchester United, 
again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm European champion, so I'm not one of, of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. So, Chris, I think, uh, I think it's only fair that you start us off this week on Jose, seeing as he is one of your heroes, being a two-time Chelsea manager. Yeah. Uh, obviously not having the best of times at the moment. So let's discuss. Yeah. So obviously at the moment he is he is up against it at the moment. I think that is fair to say. Um, but I think what what we'll discover over the next sort of like ten fifteen minutes is that you know some of it is down to what what he does. I would say off the sort of pitch. But we'll get to that anyway. But yeah, well, my thoughts on him. Obviously, when he joined, when he first joined Chelsea back in two thousand and five, you know, he was not someone that I obviously just come off the back of winning the Champions League with Porto. But other than that, I don't think many people had, had heard of him. But then to have the season he did in his first season at Chelsea, you know, to to break the record for the most points in in a Premier League season. I think that was that was such an achievement, and I'll, I'll be completely honest. I don't think Chelsea would necessarily be where they are or have won as much as they have, probably without him. His two reigns at the club, I think, I think he set the club up well. The players that he brought in, just the, the list of players that he's brought into the club. All right, some of them are questionable, but you know, he brought he brought in players like Didier Drogba. Joe, Cole, uh, Joe Ashley Cole, you know those, those sorts of players that made up the spine. Obviously, we had Terry and Lampard already. But Czech, Terry, Lampard, Drogba—that was the spine of the team, and and you know that was a lot down to him. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I, I can't really say a bad word about him just because of what he did for for our club. You know, both times probably left. <coughs> You know, not on a great note, but obviously it's for him to come back the second time, obviously the, the, the club must have trusted his his judgment and his management skills. But I think you've only got to look at his what he's won, you know, uh, at, at the clubs he's been at to know that he is, you know, he's up there with the best managers. I think, you know, we've seen in football, um, you know, I think... I'm, I think, not, you know, I'm, not, I'm not going to disagree with you, Chris. Yeah. But I think I, I may have a more slightly less biased viewer than yourself. But just touching on a few yeah, points, because the, que- the question I'm going to ask you yeah. is, so I don't think there's any denying his record no. and the trophies he's won. So, just, so I, I think I'm right in saying this. So two league titles in Portugal, three in England, two in Italy, one in Spain. Two Champions Leagues, one Europa League, one FA Cup, and one League Cup. Yeah, twenty-five in total. The, the the one of the things that that strikes me with Mourinho, if you look at his win percentage from from all the teams that that he's managed, so his his highest is at Madrid. Uh, so these are all from a hundred plus games. So his his winning percentage at Madrid was seventy one percent, so just under just under seventy two percent at Madrid. 
His first spell at Chelsea was 67 and his second spell was 58. So the, the thing with Mourinho, with me, is, and the question I'll put to you is, so f- from, from how you've described him and what he's won, how, how has he ended up in the position that he is at the moment? And one of the things that, that strike him for me, and I'm not, my personal view on Mourinho is I, I like him. I think he's good for football, but I would hate it if he managed Spurs. I, I think he's he's good for the game, yeah. But I don't like the circus that comes with him. So yeah, I think, if, you, I think... if you look at all his previous clubs, and I think you you almost hit the nail on the head. They've all had a really good spine, and yet he he used Abramovich's millions to 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 build a team, to build a team that was probably one of the best that the Premier League's ever seen. But why is why is he in the position he is at the moment? Is, is so, it him or is it is it the team? Is it the club? Well, is unfortunately, the, the history I, of United that he's struggling with. What do you think? I I think that it is it, like I said just a minute ago. It is down to him. I think as a as a as a manager as to why he is. Some would say failing at the moment. Um, you know he. he I would, you know, going back to Chelsea, he didn't, his second time in charge at the club, we'd just gone through the first season, going through to the second season, and, you know, there was talk that he had a list of players that he wanted to buy, but he was told that he couldn't buy these players purely just down to the price of them, and the club was, you know, we've got quite big squad as it was. He ended up falling out, obviously falling out with the players, but this was due to the incident with the physio. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Can you remember that? Yeah, uh, either. Either, yeah. So there was, yeah. you know, there was. You know, I think it was well documented in the press that what happened at the club, and unfortunately, I think because the way he handled that, he actually lost the dressing room. Um, and he's almost done something very similar here at Manchester, at Manchester United as well. I think openly criticising players, I don't feel that is the way to get a player motivated. No, I it's think, not. I, I completely agree with you. you know, he's, he lit- so he's, he's almost, I, I think I would say he's the only manager in the Premier League that does that. But I can't help but think, so... One thing that I'll pick on that's come out today is what what Wayne Rooney has said about the players need to stand up and take accountability as well. It's not all about the manager. Yeah. And and I do and I do agree with that to a certain extent because when they cross the white line, they can have all the instruction, all the coaching that 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 any player can have, but they still need to perform. But Calling the players out like he does does absolutely nobody any good at all, and I don't I don't have the association with Mourinho like you do, but I almost feel he's he's playing the victim because in the summer it was quite clear that he wanted he wanted some centre halves. Yeah, he wanted to strengthen the squad. I see today that United are being linked 
with two more defenders, uh, one one who's at Inter and one who's at AC Milan. And it's almost as if he's he's making it clear to, to, to the hierarchy at Old Trafford that he's he's not happy with the players that he's got, therefore he's calling them out to get a reaction to say, you didn't back me in the summer, this is what I'm left with and it's not good enough. That's almost what it feels like to me. I think I think you're right there. I think like, a bit like with the Chelsea scenario, it's almost like he, he's chucking his toys out the pram just to see if he can get a reaction from the board. Like The thing is with, because obviously his most recent victim was probably Martial uh, and Pogba, obviously the, the Pogba incident at the training ground. But um, with, with Luke Shaw as well, obviously two seasons ago when he, he made some comments about Luke Shaw, but Luke Shaw's kind of turned that around. He's, he kind of, he's kind of made it into a positive. And now he's playing week in, week out for Manchester United. But, you know, for me, it just feels like when when he doesn't get his own way, like you said, he, he, he takes it a bit personally. And it's almost like he, he sets out on a course of a bit of destruction or, you know, he makes the old comment but that's on the TV to get, the to get a... You know, to get a reaction. That's what, I feel that, that's what I feel that follows him. I think he's he's always he's always got the mind games. He's always got the he'll storm out of a press conference. It's all almost about making a scene. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not solely convinced it's him. I, I, there's still a bit of me that thinks that anyone that went in at United is going to struggle to a certain extent purely because of what Ferguson did. Do you did. think this is because um, of Alex Ferguson? So because obviously Alex Ferguson was so successful that anyone after... Obviously Moyes took the biggest hit of them all because he was obviously... He was on a hiding he, to he, nothing. But there's been, a the lot of, there's been a lot of comparisons this week from obviously from their comeback against Newcastle. There's been a lot of, a lot of talk about when Ferguson first took over and I think there was... There's two games, one against Forest where Mark Robbins scored, and then also the FA Cup. Uh, I think it was Lee Martin against Palace, and that, that, that there was always that there was always the talk that those were the sort of two goals that saved Ferguson's career because at the time United were struggling, yeah, etc., yeah. etc. Et but in my opinion, the days of managers sticking around for. Uh, ten plus years, like you, 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 you're Arsene Wenger's and you're Alex Ferguson. Not going to happen. No, I don't think it will. Even Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, I think he's now the longest serving manager. But let's be honest, if they carry on the way they're going, someone's going to come and snap him up before he's he's sort of served ten, fifteen years there. Yeah. But I think that there's something around. United fans have been spoiled for such a long time while Ferguson was there. David Moyes, love him or hate him, he was never really going to succeed there. Neither was Van Gaal, but I think Mourinho's got the capability and he's a good enough manager to succeed there. But to me, the, the players just aren't good enough. Some of them, no. your Pogba's, your De Gea's, your 
I'm not Sanchez's biggest fan, but he's he's a good player. Lukaku. But that's about it. If you think when when Ferguson was there and United were at their peak, every single player from one to eleven, even the bench, they were all world class players who would change a game or they they knew the Man United way. Because I, I also heard this week, um, admittedly, it was at halftime in in the Newcastle game, so I guess there was a bit of a bit of anger around United fans. But there, there was a few people on the radio calling for Ryan Giggs to come back. But what I because, don't understand, what, why? Because because what? he because he understands the United way. But that doesn't make but, him a great manager, does it? No, I, I don't understand. My that. argument, my argument to that is, you can know the Man United way. But if you haven't got the same sort of squad that was there, and you're not going to succeed, it's, it's like saying it's like saying about Spurs and their history and everything that goes with with, with being part of part of the setup at Spurs. But do you know what I mean? You wouldn't you wouldn't bring an ex player back just because would, they know about the club ethos. Would that's, you? That's only part of it. The squad, so going go back isn't good enough. I, go, I would. I would go as far as to say I think the squad that Mourinho's got at the moment is probably one of the worst squads he's had as a manager. It's probably fair to there say, you but go. would I said you? It's out there. <laughs> would you say that's going to go viral now, isn't it? I'm going to get yeah. a stick for that. So would you say you know six seven years ago Alex Ferguson decides to retire? Do you think he retires because he knows that, that squad that he's got at present? he isn't going to be able to get back to what he had, say, 10, 15 years ago. So could, do you think he could almost see a crystal ball when he thinks, you know, Not things aren't, aren't going think, well? I think Ferguson was always good with recruitment. I think I think there's probably, if you think how long he was there and how many signings he made, there's probably only a handful that didn't, that didn't pay off. But, that, but with Ferguson, he was... He was an absolutely unbelievable man manager. You knew exactly where you were with him. With him, the the respect the players had for him was was second to none. That's probably where Mourinho's yeah. falls down a bit at the moment because he he hasn't got that. I don't think he has. So so but go think, in. Oh, yeah, sorry, carry on. I think I was just. I, I think Ferguson's time was just up. I don't. I think it's as simple as that. So, go obviously go just quickly back to Mourinho. Now I've got a re. I've got something in front of me here that might might see why some of the board find it difficult to work with this guy. You know, so these are the suspensions that Mourinho has had since being a manager. I will quickly just run through them. His first ever ban was one match was Porto for Porto. So during a Porto game, he prevented a quick throw-in as his defence was out of position. He got one match ban for that. He then got a two-match ban and a €16,000 fine because he accused the referee of being biased in a game between Chelsea and Barcelona, which the referee was totally biased in that game, by the way. It was Chelsea should have had a penalty at the end. You might remember it is the one where Michael Ballack chased the referee Halfway up the pitch, uh, but you might not remember that. 
Sour, sour grapes. Uh, after that game, a, a referee chief labelled Mourinho an enemy of football. <laughs> he got a €75,000 fine for meeting with Ashley Cole whilst he was under contract at Arsenal. Uh, a one-match ban and a grand uh, fine for abusing a referee whilst managing Inter Milan. One-match ban for sarcastically clapping a referee whilst at Inter Milan. A three-match ban and a €40,000 uh, fine for symbolising his hands were in handcuffs at an official after he said that the officials in Italy had it against him. He got a one-match ban and a grand fine for suspicious yellow cards when Ramos and Alonso picked up uh, deliberate yellow cards in a Champions League game so they wouldn't be banned for the second stages. I'm, I'm going to stop you there, Chris. The, the reason I'm going to stop you is because I don't think that that's necessarily anything out of the ordinary. I think that's who he is. I think he... Yeah. That, that's what you get when you hire him. There's probably even some a, a part of that which is... It's because of who he is. People do not all not all managers, but I think things like that go on. Like the Ashley Cole thing, for example. If you're telling me that that doesn't happen day in day out with footballers, it just doesn't get publicised. I don't. Do you, I, I think, do you think it's because of his name? Is yeah, why probably. I think I think it more. comes with the territory with him now, because anyone who's got. Anyone who's going to sit in a press conference and pretty much say, I'm the special one, I'm better than anybody else, this is why I'm here, this is why I get paid the money that I get paid, he, he is going to draw attention to himself. And as long as he's winning, like I know that the ones that you, that you reeled off there, at those points, he was winning trophies. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have expected that the board and the club were that bothered. If he's getting a one-game ban for for flashing an imaginary yellow card or pretending he's in handcuffs and he has to sit in the stands for a couple of games, yet they're winning trophies, I, I, don't, I wouldn't have said they're that bothered about that. No. But, uh, it, but, the, but that all points for me... Back to him being the victim. So you think he's playing the victim? I can see maybe, what you're saying. Maybe, yeah. maybe everybody's against him. If, if he loses a game, I mean, I don't, again, I haven't followed his career with, with, with great with great sort of detail, but I, I can't imagine that there's many games where his teams have lost and he's turned around and said, well, we just lost to the better team. No, he's, he there has will, an answer yeah, for everything, really, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does, but but I think I think well, I, I don't know about you, but I would say that he he is probably one of the best managers out there. Uh, when when he's winning games, I think it's almost like his team are are in, untouchable. I remember when he was at Chelsea and we went. I think it was like seventy seven league games at home without losing. Actually, I have actually got a stat. He, let me find it. It's something about him. Oh, he didn't lose a home game for nine years. Did you hear about this? No. So between 22nd of February 2002 and the 19th of February 
he didn't lose a home game. Uh, this is whilst he was at Porto, Chelsea, and then he lost to Sporting Gijon when he was at Real Madrid, which ended that run of nine years. He was just just shy of uh, of no, it was just shy of nine years. Sorry, he was three yeah. days short. I, I don't think I don't think there's any denying he's a good manager. Um, I just think he's. A summary from my point of view is that he's not used to being in the position he's in at the moment. He's not used to being the manager of a huge club that are struggling. And not winning games, that, yeah. that, that aren't fulfilling their potential. And they're in a league where, let's be honest, they're, they're probably third favourites to win the league this year. If you look at all the teams he's been at before, they're always number one. Chelsea would be favourites to win the league. Madrid would be. Inter at the time were probably one of the favourites in Italy. He, he, I don't think he's used to being where he is, but I don't... I, I can't see him leaving United, to be honest, because I, I'm not sure who else is there. I heard the most crazy thing the other day where a United fan said they need to sack him and bring in Sam Allardyce. Right, we're going to end it on that note. I think real, that's just real ridiculous. Life, some, a United fan actually said that, but that's probably a good way to uh, to end the topic. He is not a United fan saying that. Right, anyway, no, but that is I, the. I, uh, I think I think he'll stay at United. Mourinho I don't think they'll sack Mourinho, him. He will. He will leave there. I know he got sacked at Chelsea, but he will leave on his own terms. Yeah. And I don't think there's anybody else out there that's as good as him. I think the players need to take a look at themselves and start start performing. If they're not performing for the hit for him, they perform for the club that they play for. Yeah. Okay, so we will end it there. Uh, but uh, I think, Rich, you've got some information regarding the predictions. Yes. So uh, predictions for the week just gone. So uh, Tom was our guest predictor. The results have been published on online, so they're on Facebook and they're on Twitter. Uh, Paul uh, still leads the way in the table. I'm dropping like a like a big brick. Uh, yeah, not doing too well. Uh, no predictions this, uh, this coming week because of the international break, but it will return uh, for the following week and we have an extra special guest predictor who I won't reveal at the moment we'll keep everyone on tender hooks uh, um, ready for the big announcement just, yeah, we've got an extra special guest predictor coming just up. Uh, quickly on the predictions as well is uh, I don't, I'm not sure if we mentioned this before but um, I've we've agreed that the winner will receive a, a trophy uh, yes, there is a prize. So there is a, a trophy coming. Well, exciting. at the moment, going to pool, uh, but I'm hoping that I can get those averages up and then I can present a trophy to myself and yeah. I'll have more I'll, trophies I'll, I'll than Tottenham. I'll make a special trip down to you, Chris. I'll make a special <laughs> trip down to you to hand it over. But there's a reason to get involved, everybody, if you want, yeah. to, if you want to win a... Just, a money can't buy trophy. Yeah. Just let us know if you if you do want to get involved. Just let us know. You know, we don't have to know you. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone that we know. It can be just a listener that we don't know. I know. It's, yeah, it's open to everyone. Uh, so, Rich, the teaser. How yes. many England goals 
did Sir John Terry score? Sir John Terry. Okay. There is absolutely no knowledge behind this at all, Chris. Okay. And I'm I'm purely <laughs> going to go for the first number that came into my head. And there's a reason that it came into my head. Because yeah. I think it's the shirt number he used to wear when he played for England. And it is purely based on that. That's the only thing I'm going by. Plus, it's a low-ish number, because I can't imagine he scored that many. I'm going to go for six. So, is that your final answer? That's the first number that came into my head. Uh, I, knew he, I knew he wore 26 for Chelsea. And if I'm right, Ferdinand used to wear five. And I'm sure Terry used to wear six. And it's a low number. So, so go for six. You, um, so, you said Rio Ferdinand was number five? I think so. I might be wrong. One was uh, five, one was six, but six came into my head. Should have, uh, should have gone with uh, Rio. Rio's. Oh, you should. Oh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. You got it right. Did I really? It was six. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. no! Did he really? Yeah, he scored six England goals. Hold on, I'm going to Google that now just to make sure that I'm right. Yeah, he did get six. That has got to be the most lucky guess. Well, I did tell you. I said, happened. I said if you didn't know it, you could easily guess it. So, well done, Rich. Uh, well, I would, I would have the, said it was under 10. You are the first person. Well, person, well, I say person. There's only two of us, does it? You are the first to get a weekly teaser correct. We're going to have to think of a new feature now, Chris. Oh. Now that, one, now that <laughs> one's gone. Well, I'm chuffed with that. Well, you won't win a trophy. Uh, I can't afford oh. two trophies, I'm afraid. So. Oh, well, good times. Well, well on that times. note, uh, it's kind of... Now I feel obliged to give you an easy one next week, but I won't. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so, uh, so next week, obviously, uh, <clears throat> no, uh, no Premier League games next week. Uh, we've still got the EFL. So we will be still doing uh, a review on the EFL games. Um, Rich, have you got anything to say about next week? Uh, yeah, so it'll, it will be a it will be a, a special episode next week. We'll uh, we'll still be recording. Uh, so uh, you may remember a few a few weeks back we did our Premier League eleven. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a similar sort of episode, but a different a different topic. So what we're gonna look at. Uh, next week and sort of following on slightly from what we spoke about uh, with Mourinho we're gonna we're gonna have a chat about the pressures that are on that are on managers uh, at the moment um, and the sort of rumors that fly around about sackings etc after only a handful of games so we're going to try and give you a bit of an insight into that uh, so we'll be talking about that and we're going to give you a, a special topic as well. So we're going to split it into two next week. So Chris and I are going to, are going to talk about our journeys within football. So uh, how we sort of fell into to loving the game, uh, playing when we were younger, how we got to support the teams we support. And uh, I guess how we kind of ended up where we are, Chris, doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. well, 
it would yeah. either be very interesting or it would be uh, extremely boring. <laughs> let's, let's hope it's the, uh, the Hopefully first the first one you just said. But uh, yeah, but um, if you uh, you know if you like the podcast, just uh, remember to give it a listen on uh, YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes. I'm just uh, going to say, Chris. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I've got I've got a special surprise for next week's podcast. But I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. You'll have to wait till there next go. week. A special surprise, that. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, if you uh, like to get in touch with us, you could just use any of our social media. So we're on on Twitter. Just uh, search for you from the sidelines. Same with same with Facebook and Instagram. Just leave a comment. You know, if you want to get involved in predictions, let us know. Uh, we've got a few people lined up, but if anyone else wants to get involved, more than welcome. And if you've got any views on Mourinho, if you've got any views on football, any literally anything, just let us know. And uh, maybe we can discuss it on the podcast. But that is about it from me. Uh, so I will say goodbye and uh, hand you over to Rick. Yeah, uh, just to echo what Chris said, uh, if you want to get in touch, want to get involved in the podcast in any way, Please just drop us a line. Uh, Thanks, as always, for your continued support. And uh, we'll speak to you next week.